Blog Talk Radio. Yvonne Mason, and tonight 
We have a guest that has been with us before, but before we get to her, I want to thank each and every one of you all for joining us. As you all know, things have been a little crazy in my life here lately, so we haven't been on the air as much. But even with that said, we are heard in over 200 countries, and we have 250,000-plus listeners. So things just keep on going. It's your show, ladies and gentlemen. It's not my show. Y'all are the ones that just keep the show alive. There's two ways you can get on the show. One, you can come on as a guest, or another way is you can become a sponsor for the show. And I do not charge an arm and a leg or your firstborn to become a sponsor. It's just $10 a month, no matter how many shows I have in the month. You will have your ad read or played. And with that being said, I want to welcome Jay Traveler Pelton. She has also been on this show. She is... Um, a friend and a colleague. She was born in West Virginia in the last century, and she was the nation's first mother, the nation's mother for her tribe, the Muncie Delaware Indians. She is a wife to Dan for 47 years, mother of six adults, and a grandmother of eight. A clinically licensed independent social worker, retired adjunct professor of social work at her local university, and an avid reader. She is a cancer survivor. She studies science and technology, fascinated by the inventiveness of people. She is quick to draw parallels in different fields and weave stories around them. Traveler is a fabric artist, and her most enjoyable time is spent spinning yarn while spinning yarns for the grandkids. She has completed book nine of a nine-book set called The Oberlin Family Chronicles. The series is about a Native American family, and the first book invites the reader to get to know the ancestors of the clan back in the 1850s. Titled The Oberlin's Overland, it tells the story of the family's beginnings. The next book, Terrace Traders and Spies, takes us from 1910 through the 1990s. It shows how the family espionage network developed along with its research arm and how they became one of the premier think tanks in America. And the third title, Rebooting the Oberlin's, a global genetic virus has a 100% kill rate, and the Oberlin's need to destroy it before it wipes out civilization, then maybe Noel, the patriarch, can retire. Those comprise the first trilogy. The second trilogy, the present generation, start with the infant conspiracy and continues with Kai Dante's strategium and ends with the obligation of being Oberlin. These take the family through our present times up till 2030. The final trilogy, The Future Generations, comprised of to, to Protect One's Own, The Importance of Family Ties, and the just-released Forever Family, takes the family into the 22nd century. If you're a fan of good science fiction, spy novels, or just plain adventures, you will love these books. All of Traveler's books are available on Amazon. Just type in J. Traveler Pel- Pelton, and you'll be taken to her page. Have a look. Download some for yourself to enjoy on those cold, dark, and long winter afternoons when you just want to stay in. God bless, and don't forget to leave them a review on Amazon. They're always appreciated. You can also visit Traveler on her webpage, travelerpelton.com. And with that, I want to welcome our guest tonight. She has been on the show before. Every time I talk to this woman, I could just listen to her stories forever because this woman has done more in a lifetime than most of us dream about. She doesn't just dream her dreams. She lives them. Author Rue Morgan rides motorcycles, has exotic cars, has taken martial arts and renaissance fairies and herding cattle, sword fighting, planting an arrow or a knife into a target, horseback riding in Portugal, hiking the Carpathian Mountains in Romania. 
These are just a the few of the real-life experience that she blends into her stories. A writer of urban fantasy and horror, her published works include Watcher and Runner, books one and two of The Chosen, and the related novellas The Last Trace and The Game Monsters Play, along with a few short stories. She is certainly, certainly, see I can't talk tonight. She is currently working on Seeker, which is book three of The Chosen. She shares her California home in the Sierra Nevada foothills with three Mustang horses, two crazy herding dogs, and a very patient husband who often reminds her she must eat and sleep. Wow, you've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> Just a thank, little. <laughs> thank you thank you so much for having me on your show tonight. I really appreciate it. It's great to chat with you again. Well, you are quite welcome. Now, Let's just play catch up. We we talked last year, and you were busy then, but you've been in even busier since. You've traveled since then, right? Yes, yeah. Well, I I was had just returned from a trip. I think when we when we spoke, uh, in which I had gone to Romania to do research for book three, the one that I'm currently working on, and. Uh, uh, I took that trip with um, uh, my husband and uh, four other people, and we were led by Dacre Stoker, who is the great-grandnephew of Bram Stoker, the writer of Dracula. And Dacre himself oh. has just released a book uh, called Dracul that just hit number one on, um, uh, oh gosh, it was some big book list, and I can't, I'm drawing a blank on it right now, but it just hit number one. Uh, and wow. so we're pretty excited for Dacre. But, yeah, we spent 12 days um, traveling through Romania, Transylvania, which is a, a, actually a state within uh, Romania, and uh, uh, did all kinds of neat stuff, researching both Vlad Tepish, who is the the kind of the inspiration for Dracula, as well as tracing some of the footsteps of the fictional characters in the book Dracula. And uh, it was it was fantastic. When you were, that's on my bucket list to do because it, there's just something about that country that is darkly romantic. And I know people are going, "What is she talking about?" But lovers of of Dracula will understand it. Lovers of vampires will understand. Yeah, it's that those Carpathian Mountains. We've seen them and used in literature quite a bit, and they are absolutely stunning. And uh, Romania has a lot of really beautiful, pristine, wild country, and it's just covered. You know, it's got a lot of forests and and um, uh, you know mountain streams everywhere. And then down in the the rural countryside, the the folk there are are, are not quite caught up to modern times yet. They still do a lot of their Oh, they they transport their hay that they've collected in off the fields with a uh, horse and carts. Um, and we passed, uh, had to constantly on the highway, had to veer around horse and wagons that were using the side of the road. And sometimes you'd see those big steel milk jugs like you, you see out of paintings um, in the back of those carts. And we passed folks that were out harvesting their hay by hand with a big, you know, scythe and uh um, it's a it's it's very steeped in mystery that country is, and you can understand why so many uh, legends have sort of arisen from there because um, you can kind of feel it. 
when you just I was going to ask you, do you feel the the electricity and the the mystery and the the dark romance when you're traveling around, especially when you've got the great nephew of of Braun Stoker who brought Dracula to to life? Yeah, he did. Um, you know, it, it was it was really um, uh, an amazing trip. Dacre uh, is very very fun. Uh, he's a funny guy. He um, very knowledgeable about uh, his ancestors' work, and uh, um, has really really embraced that whole legacy uh, in promoting the work. But uh, our first night there in the at, at the base of the Carpathians, we were staying in a kind of a bread and breakfast in and we were up on the second floor and stepped out on the balcony and the moon was sort of half covered in clouds and it was kind of coming out from behind the mountains that were surrounding us and uh, it was dark and it just the air just had this electric feel to it and then all of a sudden the dogs started barking and howling just like they do in the opening to Dracula and it was it was pretty amazing we all were just like oh my goodness we couldn't believe we were actually living our dreams (laughs) oh excuse me chill bumps thinking about it and then we, we did actually hi, hi, go hiking in the Carpathians, and uh, uh, we spent one night. We were reading from Dracula, in a, and we were in a hotel called uh, Hotel Castle Dracula. And we're sitting there. I was reading Dracula to uh, to our group, and then Dacre started reading parts of it, and it was uh, it was pretty magical. It sounds like it. I bet you wouldn't take anything for that trip. No, no, no. I'm still paying for it, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you pay it off, you'll probably want to go back. You bet, you bet. And and on a lighter note, um, ladies and gentlemen, before we went live, Ro and I were talking about um, some of the, the trinkets that she has. And for those of y'all that, that listened in on an interview I had with another author, Julie Morgan, we got on this this. Dracula kick and we started talking about rubber ducks as drag as Dracula as vampires and um Elmer Fudd and and um Bugs Bunny as vampires. Well, Roe just blew me out of the water. Tell the folks some of the vampire paraphernalia you have that is just absolutely hysterical. Well, let me, let me let me start off by by justifying a little bit of my vampire obsession. Uh, I do actually write vampire fiction, and I know we'll, we'll we'll talk about my books a little bit later. And that's sort of what what started this. Although my first uh, my first encounter with with a vampire was uh, 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 Barnabas Collins on Dark Shadows when I was a kid. Yes, my there was something about him. He just fascinated me, and uh, and I didn't really get into vampires again until the movie Interview with a Vampire came out, and I kind of fell in love with Brad Pitt. I thought he was something else in that movie, <laughs> and uh, and it it sort of I, w- I went on to read the books after that, and then I read um, uh, a number of other authors that were popular during that time frame, which would have been about the early '90s, I'm guessing, and uh, and and. Uh, really enjoyed the genre and then I you know then I moved on and did other other things and it wasn't till the last craze with Twilight out that uh, I kind of got back into into vampires and right about that time uh is when I started collecting vampire collectibles and they're just silly little knickknacks I have a I have a piggy bank 
uh, he has he's a, he's a pig and he has fangs and he wears a black cape with a red collar and he's got a slot in his back for 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 coins and uh, I've got um, as you mentioned the rubber ducks I have oh I have four different versions of rubber ducks who are all vampires with their little fangs and wearing their little tuxedos and I've even got one who's floating in a coffin and oh, that uh, is funny. It is. It's. It's. They're. They're pretty funny. I have Mickey Mouse is in a s- snow globe. Uh, only instead of it being snow, it's orange and black little flakes that float around. And v- Mickey is sporting a, a cape and fangs. And uh, I have a troll who's a vampire with his cape and his fangs. And I have a number of just silly little crazy things. Some of it, folks send me or. Or um, you know, I get for for Christmas or birthday presents. Others, I just stumble across them and and have to have them. Uh, one of the one of my reminders from my trip in Romania is a little rubber. I don't know if you've seen these little rubber things that uh, little rubber animals or whatever that uh, when you squeeze them, their eyes sort of bulge out or whatever. They're just you know. Like yes. Well, I have one that is Vlad Tepish and one that is Dracula that I picked up when I was in Romania, and they're just hilarious. And, in fact, the one that looks like Vlad Tepish, uh, Dacre had had one of those. That's where I got the idea, and he was in all of our pictures. Every time we took a group picture, somebody was holding Vlad out so he could be in the picture. So I've got those and and a vampire pillow, and it's give candy dispensers from, you know, like the the, the little minions um, uh-huh. That are in so popular in the movies right now. I've got some that are vampires, and uh, it's just it's hilarious how many vampire things that are out there. And and uh, uh, you know, I just anything that's unique, I'll grab it. So I've got a whole shelf full of my collectibles. I just and, think uh, it's in funny. my newsletter, I feature. You know, I have a, a an author newsletter, and I'll, I'll feature um, one or two of my collectibles collectibles every edition just uh just to bring some levity most of them are pretty silly (laughs) i i I just think it's interesting and funny that that after having that discussion about rubber ducks and and the the cartoon characters as vampires you actually have them that is just amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a lot of fun it gives me something to be silly about (laughs) now also in your travels you have been to the big easy for those who don't know what the Big Easy is, that's New Orleans. And I was just there in January and under protest because I don't do New Orleans in the wintertime because it's cold, wet, rainy, and nasty, which it was. But I love New Orleans because, like Romania, it is so steeped in in history and mystery and all things dark and romantic. Do you get that same feeling when you go to the Big Easy? Yeah. Well, you know, that's where Anne Rice set Interview with the Vampire was set in, in yeah. that, you know, parts of it were set in, in that town. And uh, I had the opportunity to visit New Orleans a few years back when the Horror Writers Association held a convention there. And we stayed in the Hotel Monteleon, which is uh, supposedly haunted. And uh, we were right down there in the quarter. And, and uh, it was... It was just amazing. In fact, um, we had an interesting incident with some pickpockets when we went down on Bourbon Street, and they had a ruse where they'd come in and they'd start asking you about your shoes. And I was watching when they, they kind of approached a fellow in our group, and they're pointing at his shoes and asking him about what kind of shoes he was. And I'm stepping back, and I look, and I see this 
this uh, street urchin's hand reaching up to his pocket. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Uh-huh. So I just kind of inserted myself and pushed pushed my friend up out of the way, and, and uh, we laughed about it. And then on the way back, son of a gun, he got approached again. But this time, two of them went after him. And so I oh, I, I got us all off of there, and I thought, you know, I, let's just go to a different street now. And But uh, that, that incident is uh, going to – play into one of my characters that we've already met in Runner and uh and that's going to be her background is it she's going to be one of those street urchins uh pickpocketing the tourists that come come down there but yeah and, I found New Orleans to be just wonderful pardon it it, it it New Orleans is is one of those cities that you can and it's it's not just the city that itself. It's not just the visual, but the city titillates all the senses: the smell, the eyes, the taste, the feel, the oh. um, emotions. The food is wonderful. I mean, and then and you're talking about the smells. I mean, you just walk down the street, and you're just your senses are overloaded with the smells and the visuals. It's such a beautiful beautiful town you know of course we didn't really get out of the quarter because we were there for the convention but um you know all the two stories with their you know their flower boxes hanging off on their balconies and and um and they just you know we we were out at night most of the time because we were in the convention during the daytime so all of our adventures happened out at night and the, the scene that i just described down on bourbon street you have to imagine now this wasn't just this street was pretty crowded there were people everywhere and it's uh-huh. it's very lively even at you know midnight one o'clock in the morning there's just mobs and mobs of people down there and um and it just hums that city that 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 area just hums with energy and uh, and you could see where there's you know there's all manners of you know there's the seamy side there's the gorgeous side there's the um, it, I mean it's just a it has so much character that a, a lot of cities lack. Um, and it, and, it uh, never sleeps. When when yeah. we got we drove and we didn't get to leave where I live in Port St. Lucie until 5:30 in the afternoon. So I drove all night long. And we pulled into New Orleans at our hotel. We stayed at the Prince Conte, which is right off. It's a block from Bourbon Street. Older hotel. In fact, I sat down in the lobby and took notes about the hotel itself. And there were still people partying at 4 o'clock in the morning. And and the concierge said, yeah, there's some of the, the restaurants and bars that never close. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. It's pretty magical, and I, w- I, w- I do would like to go back at po- some point in time. I have a story I want to set there, and I would really like to go back so I can recapture, um, you know, all those sights and those sounds and those smells. You know, the music, there's music everywhere, and you can walk and down, and you hear rock and roll in one place and blues in another and jazz in another, and it's just, it's just, uh, uh, just a really energized city. And, uh, well, and the really next time you go, you stay at the stay at the Maison Dupree because it is literally right on the corner of Bourbon and one of the side streets, and you can you can see everything that's going on on Bourbon Street from your balcony. Oh wow! Yeah, we can see With, a little bit of Bourbon from the Hotel Montelion, but um, uh, not enough, not not any real detail. We could just see that it was lit up, and you could see some folks down there, but. Yeah, uh, that's on my on my to do list. Go spend some time there writing writing my story. 
Well, stay at the Maison Dupree, and you will see everything. Just just sit on your balcony and soak up the the city. Just let it wrap itself around you. Sounds you like know that Anne Rice has her mansion for sale. No, I did not. Yes, she does. She has she has that that mansion for sale in in New Orleans. It's it's almost in the quarter itself. And um when she lived there, I don't know if she has the same characters in her house in California, but when she had her mansion in New Orleans, when you walked in there, she had her characters and as dolls, and they were stationed all throughout the house. She had Lestat, and she had Lewis, and she had the little girl. Uh-huh. She had all of those characters as dolls throughout her house. How interesting. Can you imagine? That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I dream of my characters some days being someday being made in the I doll. do, too. <laughs> I haven't dreamed of them in a while. been too busy, but, yeah, I, some days I do. Now, you also have been to Utah. Uh, Wyoming. 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 What made you go to Wyoming? We went to travel to Wyoming in August of 2017 to catch the Great American Solar Eclipse, which was the first total solar eclipse visible here in this country uh, in 35 years. And uh, I told my husband I wanted to go, and he wasn't real keen on going, and I kept bugging him, did you get a camping spot yet? Did you? And finally I just told him, I said, well, if you're not going to go, then I'm going to go by myself. So he decided he'd go with me. And uh, we we camped in a, a farmer, uh, transformed his hay field into a campground and brought in porta potties and a food truck and really got everything set up right. He brought in... Um, uh, people to speak each night of the weekend that this happened. Uh, one was an astronomer uh, who had interviewed and written a book uh, about the all the astronauts who'd walked on the moon. And then the other fellow was a, a, a an eclipse chaser, and he'd been to like, I don't know, 17 or 18 eclipses around the world. And we're talking the total eclipse where the sun is completely obliterated by the moon. Because uh, there's two types. There's the annular, which makes sort of a ring around the moon, so you can still see some of the sun. And then there's the total, where the sun is completely obliterated. And when that when that moon crossed in front of the sun and fully covered it, it was as dark as I would you know as evening is here, just after the sun has completely gone down. It was just amazing. But we met people from all over the world there. We were in Casper, Wyoming, which is just about epicenter of the uh, the path of the the eclipse and wow. we met a number of people from England um you know people had flown in from all over the world all over the country uh to to view this and it was when when that happened when that you know we were it took a few hours for the event to occur but by the time we got to totality and it lasted about 2 minutes i guess everybody started clapping and cheering you know in this big field that we were in there were several hundred people staying there and uh, and then they all got real quiet, and it was a it was a spiritual moment to realize that you know that we're just part of this celestial you know ship out here in space, and uh, uh, it was it was quite amazing. So yeah, it's one of the one of the coolest things I've ever done. Oh, I cannot imagine 
and uh, and oh, while we were there, we did re- I did research on Runner because Runner is partially set in Casper, and so it gave me a chance to do some location checks and stuff. So, uh, you know, I I try to bundle in my trips with my books with research. And don't you find that readers are so sophisticated nowadays that if we as writers don't do our homework, they call us out on it. Well, it's so important to me. I write fantasy, but I want my fantasy to have enough reality in it that it feels real. Uh, right. I do immense research on my books. There's, um, you know, in in my first book, we meet uh, Sunny, who is she's a vampire, uh, and she doesn't want to be a vampire. She doesn't want to hurt people, so she actually spends most of her time out in the forest and she hunts animals um, for their blood. And, uh, uh, you know, I have scenes in my book where she she hunts deer and elk. And uh, I actually visited an elk reserve that's uh, not too far from here and met with the ranger. And he took me out to see the elk, which I have seen before when I lived in Colorado. But uh, we were talking a little bit about, you know, their habits and stuff. And then he he brought me inside to the museum and they had a couple of elk that had um, had uh, gotten their antlers tangled up when they were fighting. And they had ended up dying. And so they'd taken the, the, their bodies and had them stuffed. And it wasn't the whole elk. It was just like from the shoulder forward and then mounted it on a pedestal. And he actually let me climb on these elk to see if my character would have enough arm reach to be able to grab their nose. And, you know, or if, if my character would be able to get her hand around the elk's throat and, and this and that. And then he gave me some... Uh, a part of his spine, and I took it to my uh, physical therapist, and I said, okay, if, if this character was going to break this animal's neck with their hands, wouldn't she bend it this way or would she bend it this way? So what was interesting was this was all after I had written those scenes, and all I ended up doing was confirming what I had thought. Um, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I go to great lengths to make sure that my fantasy is realistic. <laughs> How amazing is that? Wow. And and didn't it make the the writing more? I don't want to say real, but but real. I mean, it, it, it you felt more in tune with what you were writing and with the character and what she was feeling. Well, you know, like like I said, it was real interesting because so many of those scenes had been written before I did that research, and my research only confirmed it. But um, yeah, and and the way the way the the story evolves, it's. You know, the characters just sort of show me a movie. They don't really, you know, some authors talk about the characters speak with them, but mine don't talk to me. They just show me their movie, and, and, and they sort of demand that I write it down, so that's what I do. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it's um, uh, my characters are uh, kind of tortured. They're, you know, all have struggles just like humans do and uh, and have to make choices. And, uh, um, you know, it's really... Really, what it boils down to being alive is you have choices to make, and uh, you know you hope that they're the best ones. And, uh, and there's always consequences, and a- actions, reactions, and consequences of those choices as well, fantasy or not. Yes, yes. And uh, our character Sunny, uh, she learns um, that you know some that that those are really hard choices, and sometimes she has to give up what she wants the most because it's. It, the cost is too high, and uh, so yeah. So the first book follows her discovery of of a uh, of others of her kind, 
and the reality of their world. And then the second book has her embracing really what she is and coming to terms with it, um, but still living on her terms and uh, and not by anybody else's. Well, let's take a quick break, Miss Rowe, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about your books and all the things that are involved in them because you've, you, you're, I haven't read them yet. I, I, I just, I've been just lax with everything that's going on, but they are on my list to read because vampires are, are my thing. I love vampires. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, Arthur Roe Morgan. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about her books, where she can be found, and why she writes about vampires. So stay tuned. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand-new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree. It's a hoot. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron. But the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, 
Don't Miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we are back. This is Yvonne Mason, your host with the show Off the Chain with our guest, author Roe Morgan. And we're going to take the few minutes that are remaining and talk about Rose books because I guarantee you once you read one you won't be able to put them down. This woman has got it together. So Ro, which one do you want to start with? You want to start with the first ones you published or you just want to go whichever way it takes you? Well let's start with the, the first book. Uh, that is Watcher, book one of the chosen. And uh, the, the beginnings of this book actually uh, started and I guess was a leftover dream. I woke up with this very lonely vampire woman in my head, uh, and she was lamenting her life. Uh, She was uh, mourning the loss of her family that she'd had to give up when she became this creature who feeds on blood. And uh, I was fascinated with her. I was like, well, well, who are you? So I I sort of wrote down a little one-page lament about her, uh, and then I uh, did some research. I thought, well, you know, I'd always wanted to write stories. I had some children's stories I had wanted to write, but I figured I'd have to wait till I was retired to do that. And I uh, uh, did some research, and 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 one of the things I learned was that, you know, to write, you have to uh, to write well. You have to practice like you do any other art, you know, like painting or singing or anything. You have to practice. So I thought, well, I'm just going to use use this for practice. I'll write her story. This will just be for me. And so I just started writing, and she was very demanding that it be told. And uh, I'd sit down every night after work and and work on it and uh, worked around the clock on weekends. And uh, about five months later, I had this story, and I showed it to a few people, and they all said, this is really good. You need to publish it. So then I spent the next couple of years learning how to write properly. And so the result was uh, uh, Watcher, which was published originally in 2011, and then in uh, uh, after that, I found a, a really great editor, and she went through and edited it for me. And I also found a, a wonderful cover artist. And so between the two, I ended up re-releasing Watcher again in October of 2017 uh, with a brand new cover. It has new new material in it, and uh, a, a beautiful professional edit. And I'm, I'm, it's it's a great great. Uh, Great improvement on on the original version. And, and then uh, came Runner, correct? Right. I released Runner three weeks later. Uh, again, the same cover artist. And uh, 
that one I had been working on for for many years, and it, it was uh, you know my work situation had changed quite a bit, so my free time to to write was was much more limited. But uh, got that one out, and uh, um, I'm now working on book number three, which is Seeker, book three of the Chosen, and uh, uh, we follow Sunny as she journeys into Europe on a on a search on a quest, and uh, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, incorporating some of the uh, my experiences in Romania into that story. Oh, that ought to be fun. That should be and so then, much fun. Yes, yes, because if I hadn't traveled there, I would have never seen the things like the the the, the country folk with their horse and carts or uh, it was just it was just fabulous. So I'm I'm real excited about it. Uh, when is I've got that a couple one of be finished? Well, I'm working on it. That's all I can. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> the oh, way my life has been with my, <laughs> with my day job, uh, it's it's going to be a while. But I'm doing the best I can on it. So uh, that's quite all right. It it'll get out when it gets out. That's it. And then I've got two other stories that are related to the Chosen series. Uh, they both deal with uh, what I call side characters in the books. One is um, kind of picks up about the same, runs at the same time as uh, Watcher does and introduces Colin, who we meet in, in Runner. And, uh, uh, and then the other one is called The Last Trace. And that's kind of the backstory behind a, a character in, another character in Runner uh, by the name of Taz. So for f- folks who really enjoy the stories, those novellas give them some insight onto the the side characters and what makes them tick, and uh, and and Watcher, of course, we have Sunny, uh, our our main character, and uh, and uh, and then she meets Nicholas, uh, who is mysterious and uh, intriguing, and uh, um, gets her kind of revved up in all sorts of ways because she's never met any of her kind before, and she doesn't know what to think of him, but she knows she's she she's attracted to him and uh in fact if if i have a, a moment i have about a minute or so of a, a short read we can i can introduce oh, you to oh yes sunny. please read yes we yes. have plenty of time okay so this is sunny and this is now now my my stories are written a little different than a lot of folks they're written in uh first person present tense they're now they're not past tense and so it kind of sucks you in a little bit deeper into the story but this is a uh, this is Sunny. This is from my website. Um, I have a, a, a real nice website that's put together for, for the books, and uh, this is on the website as an introduction. So um, this is Sunny. Memories. They stalk me. They hunt me. Like ghostly wolves in the night, relentlessly pursuing their prey, driving it mad with their howls and the near-silent padding of their feet. I try to keep them at bay, to keep them caged in the darkest corners of my mind, but I find myself on the run now and again as the most innocent of sights or smells or sounds triggers their escape. Young girls on a soccer field, their hair flying in the wind as they pass the ball back and forth. College students intent on their rush from class to class, and young couples clutching hands or stealing kisses. A new mother holding her blanket-bound baby, a toddler, with cherub cheeks and black curly hair and bright blue eyes. My own bleed in sorrow at the life I could have had, the life I should have had. But a monster changed all that, dooming me to a lonely existence hiding in the shadows of those I once loved. 
and still love, though with each passing day I can feel that love dimming along with the memories of a life spent in the sun. For now I'm doomed to the night, haunted by the ghosts of my past and fearing those of the future. But not all is darkness, for I have seen someone, someone like me, someone who, I think, I hope, lives as I do, on blood. And my old memories slink away as this new one replays in my head over and over again. He was standing across the street, staring at me. Tall, well-dressed, refined, his elegant carriage and his emerald gaze radiated dignity and power. And bright-eyed curiosity as he studied me. My blood raced at the side of his half-smile, and before I could react, he tipped his head and vanished. And though I should be frightened, for my only encounter with one like me ended with my violent death, all I can feel is a sense of wonder and hope. Hope that my lonely nights in the dark have ended, and that this new memory is only the first of many happier ones. Wow. And that's our Sunny. You just painted a a beautifully dark picture. I could see her. That is she, absolutely uh, magnificent. Thank you. She she uh she aches. Uh she had when she was attacked and left for dead. She left behind a 17-year-old daughter. She was a single mom, and she left behind a 17-year-old daughter to finish growing up by herself. And she was so ruled by the violent creature within her that she didn't trust herself to, to return home, and she took herself off into the forest and lived for a few years till she could control the, the violent urges within her. And then she slowly reentered society and started doing, you know, bartending at night and started looking for her daughter and she finally found her. And so in Watcher, we, the opening scene is she's watching her daughter from afar as her daughter visits Sunny's empty grave. And uh, and that's our Sunny. I, I can see you having that dream. That That is absolutely amazing, Ro. Well, she's taken me on quite a journey. I uh, I never would have guessed uh, all those years ago that, that she would change my life the way she did. And, and by the way, January, well, actually, I woke up with the dream in December of 2008. And uh, I didn't actually start writing her story until January of 2009. So it's been 10 years since she entered my life and completely upended it. (laughs) (laughs) And now she owns you, as as our characters are prone to do. Yes, because I I found myself uh, becoming a writer much sooner than I thought I would be. And, uh, and of course, all the sacrifices that go along with that, all the the movies I don't go see and the the friends I don't go visit and, and all of that because everything has to be devoted to the writing and, and everything that goes along with being a writer including the marketing and 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 all of that. So and and all I the stuff give, we I wouldn't hate trade it. it. Yes. <laughs> but I wouldn't <laughs> trade it for anything. <laughs> well, and, and it's it's like I've said many many times, those of us that write, we can't help not 
we can't help writing. If we don't write, it's like a part of us is missing. Yes, that's the fate of an artist. We must express yes. our craft. And, and since since my husband died, I've gotten into painting. I never thought I could paint a lick, but, but I am painting now. And the days that I don't get to paint, I feel like that something is, is – I've left something off that I was supposed to do that day. Yes, yes, I've seen your paintings on on uh, on Facebook, and they're just amazing. I just I love them. I'm always thrilled every time I see a new one pop up. Well, this is what I would like to do for you, because you are magnificent. Send me something that reminds you of Sunny that you would like to see on a canvas, and I will do it for you. Oh, I thank you, thank you. Uh, Sherry Rensler, I don't know if you've you've seen her or not. She's also on my Facebook page. She does the Evening Bower series, and, and her um, two main characters, one is a phoenix and one is a vampire. And she has several of the paintings, and I sent her a black and white dragon, and she has two paintings, one is a phoenix and one is vampire wings with a blue rose because the phoenix's flower is a blue rose, and they're friends. Okay. So send me something that that you would like to see in relationship to to Sunny and and your books and let me see if I can't do it for you and I'll send it to you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, you know, it's funny how imagery can really spark further creativity. Uh, you know, the the I mentioned that the Watcher has a new cover, and the, the new cover is the backdrop is a mountain, and that's actually Pikes Peak, which is where the story takes place. And when I had the oh. cover artist do it, I said, you know, it has to be Pikes Peak, and it has to be a view from the north that you're looking south towards the peak, because so many there's so many pictures from the other directions, and right. so they found one, and. Uh, uh, that red dress, you know, I told them, I said, okay, you know, she wears this gown to this event that Nicholas wants her to attend. And, you know, I think it'd really be nice to have the, have her wear this black gown. Well, they sent it back to me, and it wasn't black. It was red. And I thought, well, there's no red dress in the story. And then I started, the more I looked at it, the more stunning I realized that cover was with that, that brilliant red dress. And it's, you can see they, that it's silk, and it flows so gorgeous that uh, – the book was still in final edit before it's it's uh, released as a second edition, and I went back in and added uh, a scene with that red dress. So the red dress is now in the story. Well, and, the cover is uh, absolutely breathtaking. Yes, they did a beautiful job on it, and they did a great job on Runner as well. Uh, you know, Runner takes place in San Francisco, so that's the Golden Gate we're looking at right there. And, and they, uh, they the. the the covers make you want to crawl into the book. Well, that's the hope. You know, they uh, they say, you know, you can't tell a book by its cover, but unfortunately people won't open a book if it doesn't have a good cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if the if if I'm in a bookstore and I I see this this cover that just absolutely grabs me and I've never read the author before, I will I will pull that book down and more times than not, I will buy it simply because the cover has grabbed me. And then when I read the synopsis, I'm going, okay, I want to know more about these people. I want to know more about what's going on. What is the story here? So it just, the, the, I am a firm believer that the covers have to pop 
in order to get one's attention. And, and sadly, what I have found, Ro, is the um, the traditional publishers don't get it. No, they don't. Um, and it's so frequently I hear from uh, folks that are in traditional publishing that they don't have any say-so over the cover. Or they might be told, well, you can, you know, they might have a little input, but, but most of the time they don't. They're just, this is your cover and you're stuck with it. And, and I'm so grateful uh, that I found th- this outfit that did mine because, you know, they really brought out the gothic feel of the story because it really does have, kind of have a gothic vibe to it. And, uh, um, I, I think they capture that beautifully with 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 these covers. So uh, you know, I looked for them for a long time. It took me years. The, to... the, your cover, your books don't get lost on the bookshelf because they do stand out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I just I can't say enough. The cover, the cover uh, designer is actually Deranged Doctor Design is the name of that the, this company, and they just really nailed it. I sent them a list of what I wanted on the cover, and they, they delivered it. And, uh, they did. Uh, they are just... And then, and, then, and then on the uh, the Seeker, I kind of, you know, that book is, is still far enough from, from being released that I don't want to do a, a cover reveal just yet. However, on your your uh, podcast website, where I've got a, a something up for Seeker, you can see what the background is like. Mm-hmm. So I did I did give a hint, and you can see that old castle in the background and the mountains, and, and that's a hint of, of what's to come for Seeker. I can't wait to see what they do with that cover. Oh, it's it's a it's a gorgeous cover. I have it. They're they're done with it. So uh, they 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 again they they really did exactly what I asked them to do, and so I'm I'm real thrilled. Do you with find it. yourself going? Do you find yourself while you're finishing the book going back and looking at the cover just to immerse yourself into the ambiance and the atmosphere, and then going back to the book like you've been given a shot of adrenaline to continue writing the story? You know, I haven't really experienced that because both of my stories were pretty much done by the time I had my covers. So, but Seeker, that one definitely. Uh, okay. I, that's the, it's the first one I've had where I've had the cover early enough in the story that I can look back and say, yeah, this, that's it. So, uh, and actually, that scene that's on the cover happens fairly early in the book. Uh, so, I've definitely got to get your books. I've got to get where I can read. I've got books stacked up on my on my uh, night table I haven't even looked at that I need to get through. <laughs> I've got books on my Kindle I haven't even read. <laughs> well, your your life's been a been a little upside down for a couple couple years or so. So it's yeah, it 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 has, but hopefully it's going to get back on uh, back. Well, what is normal anymore, Ro? I'm just there is no I normal. Guess, <laughs> Right. There is no normal. We just get up in the morning and and take what life throws at us and move on. (laughs) Telling you what, you're not going to believe this, my sweet friend, but our time is almost up. Yeah, I was looking at the clock thinking, oh, we're almost done. And I I feel like we just barely got started. I know. That means you have to come back. Yes, I will. I will. We can talk more about things like motorcycles and sword fighting and and, uh, um, and by that time, maybe I've done some new adventures. I'll look for your adventures. I get excited okay. about your adventures. So absolutely. Well, and so, fo- folks and can find me right right now. They can find me and my books on rowmorgan.com. Uh, my books are available on Amazon. And uh, 
um, uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm around. And, yes, y'all want to get her newsletter. You want to hook up with her on Facebook. You want to go to her website because this woman is absolutely, totally amazing. And when when you see photographs of her, she she gives off that that vibe that Bram Stoker, Barnabas Collins vibe. I just Anne Rice. There is something about your photograph that just gives off that wonderful that wonderful wonderful vibe. Well, thank you, thank you. I'll have to thank you my are. photographer. <laughs> it's all magic. <laughs> Well, tell them they did it. But yeah, I have folks come to my my newsletter. I I I have I feature oh tidbits on pop pop culture that has to do with the supernatural. So you know, upcoming TV shows like The Passage, which is real popular right now. That's a vampire show, and and uh, uh, so I have I have lots of stuff in there. I try not to focus too much on my books, but I always have a little bit on where I'm at in the next story. And uh, and I just want to make I want people to be entertained and they can see my silly vampire collectibles and maybe send me pictures of theirs. That's what I'm really looking for. There you go. I love it. I absolutely adore it. So, ladies and gentlemen, check out author Ro Morgan. She is on Amazon. She's probably on Barnes & Noble, probably on all the book venues. Go to her website, www.rohmorgon.com, not G-A-M, but G-O-N. Friend her on Facebook and read her books. Go out and get her books and then share them because they are absolutely wonderful. They they are just, you won't be able to put them down. Trust me on this one. So we will be off the air next week because I will be out of town. But I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Join us the week after when we start a new series with Be Unique Magazine. It is a magazine that I write for. They will do a start doing a once-a-month show on Thursday nights. And we're just going to have a gay old time with those guys. Until then, as you all know, there are several things I say at the end of our show. We are all on a journey, ladies and gentlemen, and you don't ever know what journey someone that you're in front of is on. So while you're out and about, say something nice to the retail person. Say something nice to the janitor. Say something nice to the CEO. Wherever you go, the person that takes out your groceries, the teller at the bank, your child's teacher, Say something nice because you don't know what kind of journey they're on and you might save a life. Teach your children to be kind, to always think of others. And if you want to achieve greatness, do not ask permission because nobody's going to give it to you. You're already there. Your children are already there. I want to thank Ro for being on our show tonight. She leads an impossible life. Her job is, is keeps her very, very busy. And, and thank you, Ro, for, for taking an hour out of your, your busy life. And thank your husband for giving you to me for an hour to appear on this show. I always try to thank the family members because y'all's time is precious anyway. And for you to spend an hour with me, it is very humbling, and I appreciate it so, so much. 
Well, well, thank you, Yvonne, for hosting me. I really appreciate it. I always love our conversations, and I do look forward to coming back and having more. You got it, my friend. So until next time, on the 21st of February, we will be doing a new show called The Be Unique Show. Join us then. Until then, this is your host, Yvonne Mason, with Off the Chain, and my guest, the beautiful, lively, vampirish author, Rome Morgan. Until the 21st, we wish you all a good evening. Okay, Rob, we're off the air, but of course anything we say will show up in the archive show. When we get off from here, just like last time, I will, once the show archives and, and uploads, I'll put it on my page and tag you in it so you can share it with all your folks. And then Great. tomorrow it will show up on the podcast, and I will tag you in those as well so that you can share those too. Oh, good. That's great. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and to kind of get the word out there. As you know, uh, it's so hard to, to get noticed these days in the book world. So I appreciate the the, ch- the, the chance you give authors to come on and, and uh, talk a little bit about their work and, and uh, let people get to know them a little bit. Well, you are quite welcome. You know we're, we're also heard in Romania. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So if you if you have any contacts in Romania, tell them to listen to the I show. I do, I do, I do. I know, I know, th- I know three or four people that, that live in Romania from my trip. So I will, I will certainly uh, tag them uh, with the podcast so that they can. Uh, uh, and tell listen. them, yeah, we talked about Romania a lot. <laughs> yeah, we did because <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't wait. I hope you have pictures. I want to see pictures. I do. I do have pictures. And Yvonne, uh, do you prefer to read uh, your books Kindle or uh, print? Do you have a preference? It doesn't matter. I, I read both. Okay. All right. Well, I'd love to both. send you a couple of my books. I'll have to get your address um, oh, from you. Maybe so you can kind, Facebook my love. it to me. Let me buy them. So you I'll just add to your stack of books to read. <laughs> 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 you are so precious. I want you to be careful on your journeys back Thank and you. forth to your job. I want you to be safe. That is my, my prayer for you. And because uh, so, it's purely selfish, I want you to come back on the show so we can talk about your travels and your throwing knives and shooting arrows and riding <laughs> motors and the Mustangs. We had Mustangs. My son had a Mustang. We loved that horse. He was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, mine mine have been just amazing. I adopted them all from the wild, and it's just it's really been it was a wonderful part of my life. Yeah, they they and they're so smart. They are so, mm-hmm. so smart horses. But we will do that the next time, my love. Sounds good. All right. Thank you again, and I will get this show to you very shortly. Okay, and thank you. Have a great evening. You too, honey. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> 